small business owners have a big journey ahead. We're here to make that road a little easier with effective tips on everything from sales and marketing to succession. This is the Legacy Academy. Hello, and welcome to the Legacy Academy. I'm your host, Justin Grice, the COO and co-founder of Real Pro Coaching, and with me is my wife, attorney Natalia Willette Grice, owner of LCO Law and co-founder of Real Pro Coaching. Now, today's episode is going to be extremely helpful for those of you who know they need to work with an attorney for one thing or another, but maybe you've never worked with one in the past, or maybe you've had a rough experience, and you'd like to see how you might be better prepared before you get to hire a lawyer again. So, Natalia, I'm ready to set up my LLC, and I'm looking for an attorney to help me with the process. What is the first thing that I should be doing? Hi. So, you know, when it comes to working with an attorney, it's really important to get your details organized. The purpose of your entity, you know, who's going to participate in the ownership and management, because they don't have to be the same person, um, knowing what regulations or licenses particularly impact that industry. Um, what do you want to happen also when you hit the five D, I call them five Ds of doom, but this is something that every business owner should know about disability, death, divorce, disagreements, and when you're done working, uh, which is sometimes perceived as retirement, or maybe you've got to finish the employment, terminate one of the co-owners of the company. You should also have your questions ready about what the attorney is going to be doing for you, what you're going to have to do. Um, ask about how long the process averages, the goals that you want to accomplish, and the payment structure for the firm. Awesome. All right. So let's start from the beginning. I don't know what I need from an attorney. So I'm looking and when I'm searching for an attorney, what are some red flags that I should be on the lookout for? So I, I want to make sure that when you're looking for an attorney, you're going to be looking for someone who's going to be willing to educate you on what really is important to you in your business. You know, not just legal issues, but somebody that's willing to educate you on maybe some insurance concerns, financial concerns, tax issues that arise, and also managing your business. Uh, you want to know, uh, you want to get in hold of an attorney who's really clear about what they handle and what they don't handle. Uh, you want to ask about support staff. You also want to ask about what are the guidelines on how to get a hold of the firm or the attorney if you have questions. Um, and you want to work with somebody who's resourceful and who can recommend professionals that are also going to support your business goals, you know, because it's not just a lawyer that you're going to need. You're going to need um, accountants, small business lenders, IT people, bookkeepers, financial advisors, attorneys to protect your intellectual property. I mean, the list goes on. So you want to make sure that they have connections with people in these industries. Um, and they have a process about learning about you and your business goals in depth before they create any legal agreements or any legal strategy for you. So red flags, I would say, stay away from anyone who's quoting you a call, a price on the first call, because that's going to indicate instantly that this person's got a cookie cutter approach and they have very little consideration for your business and your personal needs. Right. You want to stay away from cheap. Um, you want a business lawyer who's experienced and who's going to be able to advise you and your business long term, right? The idea is your business is going to it's going to live for a substantial amount of time. But cheap is usually indicating that a paralegal is going to be doing most of the things for you with little supervision and little strategy, or that a baby lawyer is going to get thrown into handling your file, or that the lawyer is going to require a ton of volume, um, you know, coming into their practice. So they're not going to have the time to pay attention to each of your client's needs. Or finally, that that lawyer is going to be soon out of business. Uh, if you want quality legal services, you're going to have to expect quality legal pricing. 
Right. Yeah. You know, there's that old adage that you buy cheap, you get cheap. Yeah. And if cheap is worth it to your business, kind of go ahead, but it's not going to be beneficial in the long term. Correct. Um, I'd also steer clear from any other smaller firms who take cases in multiple unrelated areas uh, or for unrelated types of clients. This is what we call door lawyers in, in our industry. You know, somebody that takes personal injury cases and also does divorce and also does criminal cases and says that they also do business law matters doesn't really have the in-depth knowledge required to properly advise you. So those are the ones that I would steer free from. Excellent. So when I'm doing my search and I found a couple that I want to reach out to, so we got, you know, a business lawyer in Tampa, what questions should I be asking this potential lawyer before I hire them? So when you're, you know, you reach out to an attorney, let's say you schedule your initial consultation, or maybe you're reaching out to the firm, here are some of the things that you're going to want to ask, right? What do you need from me to understand my business goals? Um, how long is your initial consultation? What other areas of law do they practice, right? Do they practice in other things that support or, or supplement business needs? Um, what experience do they have in serving business clients? Um, you should be asking if they help with succession planning or estate planning, because again, business owners can't afford to miss those five Ds, the divorce, disagreements, disability, death, and done work in. Um, you have to ask, what are their communication preferences? You know, if you're all about texting and they're like, absolutely no texting whatsoever, they may not be the right fit for you. Um, you should also be asking who your main point of contact is going to be if you have questions and you retain them. Uh, ask about virtual appointments. There's still uh, some individuals that, that, you know, really need to have virtual appointments available, sometimes after hours appointments. So ask about those options. Um, ask about who you can bring with you to the meetings and ask if they have any training for you or if the firm's sole purpose is going to be to draft legal agreements for you. Right. Yeah. So you want somebody who's going to fit your needs based on your location, based on your, you know, your time mm -hmm. and things like that. So make sure that, I mean, this isn't an exhaustive list of what you need to ask, but these are really common things that you should be asking and an attorney that you're going to hire should be able to answer in a satisfactory way. Mm -hmm. So you've been a licensed attorney in Florida for about 13 years now. What is your biggest pet peeve when you have somebody calling in or, or, or looking to engage with, uh, with your firm? What is your biggest pet peeve from a potential client? So I used to actually get quite frustrated when people called and they only asked about price when reaching out. Um, experience has taught me that when people ask about price as the only determining factor or their primary factor, they, they really just don't know what they don't know. And this lack of education about the risks and opportunities in creating and growing or, or passing on a business is something that we in the legal community have a real duty to improve. Um, that's why we have a YouTube channel with hundreds of videos that we've created to educate the business community. It's why we have several masterclass webinars. So that's not really my biggest pet peeve. My biggest pet peeve is failing to take the time to prepare for their appointment. Um, if you want to create or grow or pass on a business to others, you've got to take it seriously. Somebody who doesn't take the time to do what's necessary for an attorney to understand where their business is or where that business idea is at isn't really taking their business seriously. So if an attorney has pre-work that you need to do and complete before your appointment, do it. Right. Um, having that information out there and having 
you know, these questions ready for a potential attorney? Because I mean, this is who you're hiring. This is your whole business is going to be predicated on how well this attorney works for you. So anything that you have to do to help them help you, it's really important to get that done. Mm -hmm. um, so I've done my search. I've talked to a couple of attorneys and I think that I've found the right one. But how do I know that this is going to be the right attorney to handle my case? Yeah, they do business law. They focus on business law. How do I know that they're still going to be the right one? So I would say, you know, there, there are several things that have to match up with you and your prospective attorney, right? Your personalities have to match up. Um, they really do have to understand your goals and show that they're going to incorporate them into whatever their chosen legal strategy is. And their communication style and the communication style of the firm has to click with your style. If this is a firm that's like, you know, communications or done via email or via our client portal, and you're somebody that likes to come in in person, you're not going to click with that firm. You're not going to feel taken care of. It's not that they don't take care of people. It's just it's a different style. So right. you want to make sure those match up. Um, but price should really rarely ever be the reason that you hire a lawyer. That, in my opinion, and based on 13 years of experience, is the fastest way to come out disappointed and is going to really result in another attorney having to fix things for a much, much higher cost. If your mindset is about having a profitable and a successful business, that money is going to be there to invest in the right lawyer for you and your business. So make sure that you're clicking on things that matter, your business goals, your personalities, and your communication style. Yeah, I, I think it's really important for uh, any business owner who's going to hire an attorney to know the difference between price and value. Yeah. Um, you know, having something that costs $1,000. Hey, man, that sounds great. But what do you get for it? Mm -hmm. So knowing the value that the attorney is going to bring to you, the value of your business, and not just looking short term, what's the long term value they're going to bring to you? Because if you have an attorney who is just going to create documents, and that's it, there's not a heck of a lot of value there. But if you have someone who has lots of connections in the community, has a good trusted referral sources that they can, you know, give to you if you need, uh, you know, a CPA or uh, an insurance company or a small business lender, you know, having that network of people adds a tremendous amount of value. So you may pay two or three or $5,000, but what you're getting from it is invaluable. Right. And you also have to remember that when you reach out to work with an attorney, what you are getting is the strategic legal brain of the person that you are hiring, right? Their, their role, the attorney's role, isn't just to draft documents. They're not a notary. They're not a paralegal. They're somebody with a specific legal training to see the risks and opportunities and taking any specific options. So your attorney's job is to strategize with you. That's what nobody else can do. Right. So I found my attorney. I've made my phone call. Um, what should I do next to get ready for the appointment or the consultation? So definitely, as mentioned before, you know, you want to complete any required pre-work that they send to you and to complete it by the time that they require it because these firms have made the determination of how long it takes for the attorney to review these pre-work kind of documents or uh, forms and, and have it done timely so that when they're there for your appointment, they're ready. Um, you also want to make sure that you're confirming your appointment details. You know, is it virtual? Is it in person? Is it via Zoom, Google Meet? You know, where do you need to go? 
um, and commit to attending to your appointment, you know, commit to going, right? Because this is your business. If you want to be successful, you've got to be committed and have the integrity to follow through on what you say you're going to do. Um, and finally, I would say commit to being vulnerable, open, and honest about your business and your goals, because whatever you decide to keep from your attorney, it's going to hurt you in the end. You need to be open and disclose things, even if they're a little bit uncomfortable or you might be embarrassed about it. The, the more information that you give your attorney about the realities of your circumstances, the better it's going to be for them to advise you. Yeah. I mean, long term, if you're hiding things, mm -hmm. you know, financial reports or anything like that from your attorney, they can't strategize accurately and effectively for you. Correct. Um, so I've had my appointment and they're starting to talk about fees. Can you explain a little bit about fee structures and what a small business owner should be looking for? Oh, certainly. So I'm going to discuss a couple of like different fee styles that are out there. So a lot of firms use hourly fees. You might be quite familiar with like, oh, you know, the attorney's hourly rate is this and blah, blah, blah. And hourly fees are fine, but just make sure that you ask about what they're going to bill for in what increments they bill for. You know, do they bill in five minute increments, 10 minute increments, 15 minute increments, because each firm chooses its own thing. And you're going to also want to ask if paralegals have a separate rate. Um, you should be asked if you're going to be invoiced monthly or weekly or, you know, in another method. Um, and definitely don't fall into the delusion of thinking that an initial retainer for an hourly firm is going to be the total cost of working with an hourly firm. Yeah, you're going to be up for a surprise, <laughs> yeah. that surprise bill at the end if you're uh, if you're hanging your hat on that uh, that initial retainer. Right, exactly. Because an initial retainer is literally just what you're paying for them to not take on another client. That's what that means. Um, a couple of things that I do want to bring up with hourly fees is that there, you know, it can discourage efficiency on the part of the law firm and the other you know, actors that are involved in handling your file. And it's also discouraging you from taking the time to tell your lawyer what they need to know since you're going to get charged for every phone call, every email that you send. And I find that it tends to not uh, be productive in terms of letting attorneys know what they need to know about your file. So that might be uh, one of the, the issues with working with an hourly attorney. You don't want to get on the phone and talk like an auctioneer because you know you're being charged for every minute <laughs> that you're on that phone call. It's true. It's true uh, for, for hourly rate firms. Um, there are also firms that, you know, say that they'll do something on a contingent fee, but in my opinion, contingent fees are just totally inappropriate for business legal services. Contingent fees are, are the type of fees that most people are used to seeing on the massive billboards where you see an attorney say, you know, you don't pay unless you win. This isn't that kind of law. We should really limit contingency fee thinking to personal injury. Everything else should not fall into this contingency fee thing. And I mean, think about it. If you're hiring an attorney to help you, you know, draft bylaws and things like that, what is it going to be contingent on? on yeah, right? the success. It's like they're almost like they're investing in your business. Yeah, exactly. And the same goes for any lawyer who's willing to accept shares or stock for legal work. I would say run from those attorneys because they're creating a direct conflict of interest by now having a financial interest in your business. So I would not encourage that. Um, I find personally that flat fees keep the lawyers efficient and encourage clients to communicate effectively. I used to I used to charge hourly um, for our business legal services, but I switched over to flat fees because I, I find that it helped me a lot more accountable. 
Um, and it also really encouraged my clients to tell me what they needed to tell me, right? Effective communication is so important in knowing what I need to know to give you, again, the right legal strategy for, for moving forward. Um, if you have a flat fee attorney that you're considering working with, you really need to make sure that they're being clear with what the scope of the work is that's being covered by those flat fees. Right. Um, everyone really needs to be clear on those expectations and how long that flat fee is going to cover in terms of like the scope of time that they're your attorney. I think it's important to tell, you know, small business owners that don't just take their word for it. I mean, yeah, you need to trust your attorney and everything, but you're going to get a retainer agreement. You're going to get something in writing that says, this is the scope of work and, and go through that. Make sure that you're reading everything that you get on that retainer agreement. And if you have questions, ask them. That's mm -hmm. what they're there for. So if you don't know, or if you're not entirely clear about what retaining this law firm encompasses and what you're going to get, what the end result is going to be, ask. Yep. And, and of course, you know, attorneys cannot guarantee outcomes but they can guarantee what they're committed to doing for you. So do, do get clarity on that. Um, with flat fee firms, you may see what is gonna appear to be a higher cost when you get quoted by those firms, but ultimately you gotta remember that this fee is, is a flat fee. That's encompassing everything that they've described under scope of work. Uh, it's not gonna be more just because you, you, know, you called them more or you had some questions here. Um, and ultimately that quality of the services that you're going to get is going to be better because you're never going to be afraid to call your lawyer when something comes up and needs to be addressed. Right. Yes. You can take that extra time. You can make that extra phone call without worrying, Hey, am I going to get a bill in the mail? Exactly. You know? And so while it does appear to be a higher cost, I have noticed that, you know, think about the contingency fee, mm -hmm. contingent lawyers, typically take what about a third uh, a 35 to 40 percent generally depending on whether something goes fully to litigation or gets resolved in settlement yeah but it's a substantial amount <laughs> yes so like oh yeah you see the billboards that say my you know this guy won me five hundred thousand. yes but he also took 300 of it <laughs> yeah it's uh it's definitely something to you know when it comes to those billboard ads, which are unfortunately where a lot of people think the fees structure or how attorneys work comes from, uh, just, just be aware that that's not how most legal practices are. That's only limited to personal injury type of work. And yeah, if you get a $500,000 or let's just say a $1 million settlement to make it easy, right? You're, you're going to be paying $350,000 to your attorney for helping you with that in a PI case. Um, legal services for business matters, for, you know, family law cases, there's going to be substantially less. <laughs> um, so just be prepared. Keep that in mind. Right. Um, this has all, all been great information. Can you give us uh, just the, your final thought for the day? What are the top three things that a business owner can do today to prepare to work with an attorney? All right, so here are my three things. Number one, you wanna write down the top five goals for your business, right? Because those should be really your primary determining factors in working with a business lawyer. So those top five goals that you're talking about, are those just financial goals or, or 
do you, can you expand on that a little bit? Well, I would say whatever is most material to your business. So let's say you're going to a business lawyer because you have succession planning concerns. So your goals might be to really help get help determining like who is going to be the most likely good person to follow in your business, right? Uh, taking care and addressing disability concerns, maybe funding the succession plan. Those are maybe the top goals or questions. If you're creating an entity, right? Like maybe you're concerned with liability, uh, creditor protection matters. Those are, would be some of like the top five goals for business owners. Sure. Uh, or if you're in a growth stage, right? It might be employment questions that you have, uh, independent contractor issues that have arisen. Um, so it just depends on what stage your business is at, but you're going to know what's important for you in terms of operations and management. Those are the big areas, I would say. Um, number two, I'd say identify a budgeting strategy. Okay, so you need to, before you go reach out to lawyers, okay, you're going to need to pay for an attorney. <laughs> this is just reality. So sit down and really identify a budgeting strategy for you. Are you going to use business credit cards? Are you going to use a personal credit card because you don't have a business yet? Are you going to uh, be working with a business lender? Are you going to have a private lender, you know, that might be a family member or a family friend? Are you going to be using your tax refund? These are things that you need to have ready in advance. Yeah, that that's really, really important. Because if you're going into these consultations or even just reaching out to these lawyers without a strategy on how to pay for them, it's going to make that part of it a heck of a lot more painful when they say, okay, my retainer fee is X. And you're like, oh my God. But if you already have a plan in place for how you're going to pay for it, it's going to make that financial aspect less important. And you can focus more on your goals, your goals and mm -hmm. hiring the right attorney. Yep. And then number three, have a um, any current financial or legal documents pertaining to you or to your business scanned into one PDF ready for your attorney. Um, any, any attorney worth their salt is going to request these documents in advance of meeting with you, especially if you already have an established business. Um, so make it easy. Have it all scanned in as one big PDF. That's great. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite application and tune in every Thursday where we'll bring you more tips on how you can improve your small business. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Legacy Academy FL.